Hey all, and welcome to the Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and often controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. We have with us today Richard Gilliver from the Skeptic Takeout, Laura McGee from Unapologetically Me, and Richard Gill from the Yorkshire Atheist. Today, we are going to be talking about the Big Bang. So grab your English tea or your non-fat gingerbread latte and join us as we journey back the earliest beginnings of existence as we know it, or we think we know it, or who knows. This is episode 41, The Big Bang. Okay, so this episode is gonna be really interesting because I think that there's a lot of science now that that contradicts what we already think we know about the Big Bang. And Luckily, I don't know all three of, of us are Big Bang cosmologists with PhDs in the topic, so <laughs> I'm sure this will go swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, this should be interesting because, like, um, I was reading an article the other day, and I really wish I had read it more recently and could remember about it because they were talking about. Um, current mathematical models challenge our previous perceptions about what the big bang actually is not to say that no big bang occurred or that there isn't a big bang it was more that the big bang is not the beginning of the universe Mm -hmm. right and so i feel incredibly underprepared for this conversation because i just i don't remember much about it right so i'm sorry going to deliver no, I, I was just going to say, does it matter if it's the beginning of the universe or not? I mean, we're talking about the Big Bang. What, what, whether it's the beginning or not, is somewhat irrelevant as to whether it. Uh, I think whether it actually occurred is a little bit more important. Yeah, you know, what you bring up what, what we should probably start with is what the Big Bang is, according to like our layman's understandings so I, do one of you I, richard want to start that i was going to say because my layman's understanding in a very simplified oversimplified excessively simplified form is that scientists looked up at space and they saw that everything was like that Jennifer, hand over brow and uh they saw that everything was moving away from a point and so realized that if we scrolled back time everything would have come from a point. They've got more evidence than that, but that's basically it. And the idea is that then at some point, and I forget how many billions of years ago, Jilvi, you... you 13.8. 13.8 billion years ago, everything was just teeny tiny and exploded out into everything. And they've worked out like mathematically like exactly what would have happened however many milliseconds after the big bang happened and how long it would have taken for light to exist and how long it would have taken for stars to exist and planets and uh galaxies and stuff so i mean yeah that's that's my sort of basic in a nutshell simplified understanding of the thing jilliver did you have anything to add to gill's like sort of definition of of the big bang no i think i think in its simplest form, that's and I, I have no idea either. I'm no expert, but in its simplest form, that's how I understand it to be. It's it's the point where from which everything that we know expanded from. See, this is one thing I love about science generally. From what you, the things you were saying earlier on, Laura, about like 
actually maybe some of the things we kind of know about it aren't quite right because we found these other things. That's the like gloriness side of science because it's it's like we just never get to stop experiencing and understanding more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the fact that some of our sort of general popular ideas about the Big Bang might not be wholly accurate because they found new stuff mm-hmm. is a reason to celebrate and be excited as opposed to being a reason to shoot down and be angry at Big Bang. I love that. That's one of the greatest things about that in science in in kind of action when you get to one of these these points now i mean i remember the back in the 80s when i was in like primary school and we were taught about the big bank and i think that's like now but 40 years later we're coming on to this this thing where it may not be what we once believed it to be and that's so exciting that's the greatest thing about science and like like learning and and like the study of knowledge for me is is being shown that the ideas you had may not be right or may be incorrect or may need tweaking in some way. And and that's that's the greatest thing. And it, it's so like it's so anti kind of what um like religious apologists uh, would have you have believe what science is. Mm-hmm. And they think it's a negative thing when this happens in science because it, it's proven science wrong. That's what science is all about, proving itself wrong. And that's how progress is made. Yeah, a lot of times the big the big conflict between the, the sort of scientific versus religious argument that you're talking about is that um, that person, like the religious person who's arguing that, is is saying that science is prescriptive. What they're missing is that it's descriptive. Like this is us describing what we see and how it works and how it's consistent. So math, you know, if you do this one thing the same way every single time, you're going to get the same results every single time. But then you enter in a different um, something new in, then you get new results. Right. And what what they're failing to see when they say like, well, well, science is wrong, is that they're failing to see that we're, we're describing more and we're adding more detail. and We're adding more information and we're refining our understanding. But nothing in reality actually changed. Like reality has been consistent throughout the whole process. What's changed is our understanding of it. And when you sort of get this dogmatic, hey, I've decided what the world is and it's never going to change. And no matter what information is presented to me, I'm going to find a way to fit that information into my worldview. That to me is more problematic than a worldview that's like, oh, now we know a little bit more than we did two days ago. So let's take that new information and let's incorporate it into our understanding of reality rather than rejecting it because it doesn't fit our it's current It's because that viewpoint of like, and I'm not saying that there are no scientists with hidden agendas or, oh, sure. yeah. you know, that all scientists are perfect in, in their pursuit of knowledge. But like, it's that whole question of like, what do we see? Like, what actually is there to see? And then working out what that means or what we can know about it. Um, yeah, like you said, not having those preconceived ideas and, and stuff. Um, interesting at the beginning of your um, spiel, at the beginning, Laura, when you're talking about, and you say every week about um, interesting, controversial topics or what have you. I mean, scientifically speaking, I don't see the Big Bang as being controversial. However, like in popular sort of, you know, people spaces, um, it, it can be because, like we say, of that religious, dogmatic sort of battle of one against the other, like there has to be this, uh, is, is, is just like a binary option of there is the Big Bang or there is God creating the universe. Obviously, we're talking in a Western Christian sort of idea of um, 
of stuff. Um, and I think we talked before about how I grew up in a um, Christian tradition that was very happy to, um, to yeah, to have both those things on the table in terms of this is what we see happening. The stuff in Genesis was a poetic why about how why God did things rather than how God did things or um you know why would we not listen to the best understanding that science has of you know how the universe came about and, and what have you um so i mean for me and especially you know having been brought up in the uk education system and currently teaching in the uk education system like we teach the big bang as scientific facts to children as part of the national curriculum because it it is that it is scientific fact um Interestingly, I've also taught it in the context of a religious education um, sort of whole unit of work um, sort of over the last couple of years talking about is there a conflict between creationism and the scientific understanding of the creation of the universe? I say creation. I use that word incorrectly, but you see what I mean. Um, and actually children, even though these, these, these ideas are so massive in scope and scale, you know, we're talking about the Big Bang, 13.8 billion years and I can't believe that we've already been like nearly two years into COVID when that feels like 13.8 billion years as well. <laughs> like the scale and size of everything is so big, but even children can sort of kind of grasp a lot of those ideas and and have really deep, meaningful conversations about some of those things in a respectful way. It, it, and in a lot of ways, in more reasonable, respectful ways than, than a lot of adults have, you know, similar conversations. Um but yeah, I'm, I certainly feel lucky in that in that sense, in terms of my, you know, where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah I, I go on lower. No, I was going to give you an opportunity to talk, but then when there was silence, I jumped in. So you you go for it. <laughs> I'm really good at that. I, We've talked about this before as well. I'm really good at saying something that leads to zero conversation. Oh no, no, we all do. We have pregnant pauses it's after your each and every one of us. I can tell you fault. from editing, like there, <laughs> we we all have our share. <laughs> no, actually, it was it was your points that kind of uh, inspired me to say what I was going to say, and that is that it's it's always fascinates me. I'm one of these people. I I've spent a lot of time with a lot of religious people from a lot of different traditions, you know, Buddhists and Muslims and Christians uh, of various. And one question I hear over and over is, "Oh, what you know." that moment when you you just ask yourself why why are we here and I never had that and people find it so hard to grasp that I never had that I was just like and I still am like a little child who just looks at the world and I don't say why I just look at the world and the universe and I just go wow yeah you want to know what or how yeah Yeah, why why I'm just perplexed by it and, and like things like like facts like about the big bang like you know time didn't begin until after the big bang had occurred and the fact that everywhere in the universe was where the big bang occurred and, and simultaneously and you know we think of it as this infinitesimism that word small point <laughs> and uh, and and expanding outwards from that and but it happened everywhere and that's so it's just so like it just makes me sit down and say wow and I I have no explanation I have no knowledge I'm not a cosmologist I don't understand how it works I'm just perplexed by I think it's fantastic 
I think that point's a really good one that you mentioned in terms of the the why. And Laura, you kind of said it as well in terms of actually the universe isn't about whys, it's about what's and how. So we can we can understand what's happened and how it's happened, the process that it's gone through. But actually it's us that add the why to things. Like we we sort of demand a why. Um when there usually isn't one, the the what and the how is kind of enough. Yeah, so why always um, sort of suggests an intent or, or an intelligence, right? And so I think it kind of gets smothered, um, smuggled in there by, you know, we, we've had this concept in our social sort of minds for just thousands, if not millions of years um, in, in our human evolution. Because I don't know when culture first began and language first began, but it's a freaking long time ago. And we've had this sort of concept of um, everything happens with a purpose or there's something driving it, you know? Um, so if there's thunder and lightning, it, it came from somewhere, but, but it came from something with intent, right? And, and it's intentional and it's so ingrained in us that we kind of feel like we have to have a why. And that's where I think a lot of people turn to religion, maybe a bit prematurely because they're looking for that why, and they're not stopping to consider if, if there even is a why to begin with, or if that's even the important question to ask. Right. And do you think that's a big aspect in terms of when, because obviously there's part of the religious objection to Big Bang cosmology in terms of it goes against what is in the Bible. But also, do you think it's also a big part of it just for a lot of people might feel like an empty explanation, like it just lacks any sort of soul or warmth or heart. It's just a, a cold mathematical... Welcome to the universe, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, but do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have that moral, it doesn't have that... that lovey-dovey anything it's just cold hard atoms you know molecules planets gases whatever um and even if people can understand that logically because people have such a great desire for there to be the lovey-dovey stuff all around it they just can't emotionally attach themselves it to, to it maybe or am I making sense I don't know no I think that there's there's a valid argument to that with at least some people right that it kind of lacks that that sort of beauty and and um like what you said the emotional aspect of reality right where there's like we're here for a reason something out there loves us like uh we're not just an accident of atoms right so you're right but I also think that I think it also has, and I'm sure it's different for every single individual person, whether they accept the Big Bang cosmology or whether they reject it and, and what forms of it they, they adhere to, right? Because there are various scientific models. Um, I really think a lot of it also has to do with confusion because it is a heavy, confusing, like that's where my skepticism kicks in. Like I, I accept a lot of scientific um, explanations and, and I can go research them and kind of understand them better wrap my mind around them and say okay I don't fully understand it but I understand it enough to have confidence in it right big bang cosmology just goes right in one ear and out the other with me because it's so complex and there's a lot of like well how do you know well how do you know well how do you know right and and from my perspective there's a a lot of humility too like hey we haven't been watching the stars long enough to know anything about the stars really right and their movement in relation to one another and how long they've been in whatever state they're in and so there's a lot, and this is my perspective, which is very ignorant, right? So astrophysicists may have already tackled all of this and solved all these problems and they understand it well and fully. But um, I think a lot of people who reject Big Bang cosmology, who don't reject it for purely religious purposes, I think 
there's there's a lot of doesn't it kind of feel like a dogma or like a religion in and of itself like i've had it i've heard it called that before where, where religious people are like well you big bang religion you just have your own religion right that's that's your own explanation and it's your own myth about what happened in the beginning of the world and it's because they they lack that sort of comprehension of where where that model comes from right i think that's a really good yeah. topic for us to continue then after we get to the commercial break time flies yeah see you after commercials <laughs> Okay, so what have we got going on? I'll, I'll be very ungentlemanly and start with myself. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the nonprofits this week. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm on with Nate Smith, who I've not been on with before. Who I absolutely love. Is a really really good guy. Yes, uh, that'll be fun. Matteo. Is on oh. there our old friend and Cynthia McDonald. So it's going to be a great, great lineup. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. I think it might even trump the last time I was on a, with uh, Arden and Cynthia. And right. I absolutely loved that episode. And, uh, you know, working with Arden for the first time was absolutely brilliant so humble she's so humble and and you know I've, i felt so at home uh sandwiched between her and cynthia Aww. this time i'm on it was a little <laughs> richard sandwich yeah. yeah it was a little richard sandwich uh and it was fantastic this time i'm on with great friends you know i'm, I'm, I'm friends with all these people you know off camera so uh yeah i'm really looking forward to it so laura have you got anything coming up that's awesome. Well, yes, I do. Thank you for asking. Um, at the time that this episode is put out, um, I'm going to be doing, in the same week, I'm doing Secular Sexuality. It'll be Thursday. So this episode comes out on Wednesday. So tomorrow will be um, my my second appearance on Secular Sexuality. And we're going to be discussing sex and gender in multiple different cultures and how different it is from culture to culture. I mean, how it's not such a cut and dry black and white thing so that is gonna be really amazing. fun yeah. and exciting yeah. and if you're listening call the show and ask your questions because i want to talk to people i want to have it be interactive um i already talk enough just blah 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 here on this show so it'd be really awesome um to have that opportunity to interact with people live so give me a call with your questions um or challenge something that i say and we'll we'll talk about it we'll discuss it i love it um and then the following week um i'm on nonprofits, so it'll be airing december 12th um, I'm sorry. So secular sexuality airs December 2nd and then nonprofits is December 12th. Uh, Richard, what have, what have we got going on where people can find us and speak to us and communicate with well, us? Well, I mean, before I go down my usual, you know, persuasive argument of joining the Facebook group, yada, yada, yada. I've been distracted all episode, Jennifer, uh, by the amazing T-shirt that you happen to be wearing. Do you want to just talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, this this is one of our fantastic merchandise products. Official merchandise. I did, I did the. Uh, I, I am. I am uh, of Scottish descent, and I did the Scottish thing of falling for your own marketing. <laughs> <laughs> buying your own merchandise <laughs> and, and that's what I did it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's modelled by me I love yes, it, I love well, the pec toss that you're doing you're breasts. doing some nice like yeah <laughs> not only do I have an awesome shirt but look at my chest and you get a glimpse of my tats you know through the shirt 
I love it. All going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's one of many, many products. I, I, I took the plunge and bought a few things uh, as soon as we started selling them just because so I excited. wanted them. I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what uh, else if have we got? Interested in, in, in merch or in, you know, talking to us about today's episode um, or anything else, you can find links to all of our bits and bobs on our Linktree page, which is Linktree slash Skeptic Hangout. Um, yeah, go there. Okay, so welcome back from commercials. Um, before we headed off, we were talking about um, the confusing aspects of Big Bang cosmology and how, um, from a lot of people's perspectives, it can seem like sort of a dogmatic and religious belief because the, the science behind it is so misunderstood. I think it's it's one of those where, I mean, even the, the ways we've described it so far today have been very sort of broad headlines of bits of it, whereas you've got to know so much about, like, I don't know, I'm going to say some science words, like atomic structure or about knowledge about time, space, and, like, space-time, whatever. You know, you've got to know so much about so many different areas of science mm-hmm. in a lot of detail in order to understand some of the fundamentals about what's actually going on. And it's easy to just say, well, everything was tiny and it exploded, boom. Um, but that kind of misses a lot of very important detail. Mm-hmm. And I think your point about that's where your scepticism kicks in is really valid like do is there room for more skepticism in terms of our sort of preaching of that as an idea because we kind of never delve into the nitty-gritty of it because we can't because we don't know those things i don't know <laughs> i think as far as skepticism goes it's this is a very very good example of i don't know in action yeah and it's not just a, it's not just a case of uh like something out there that I don't know. It's something that we can actually actively investigate that we don't know. But it is, it is, it, you know, it's too complex for me to understand in any detail. The way I've, I've got a couple of, of books about it, I know the basics from like a science communicator kind of a way, having having had it communicated to me. But I don't understand it. I don't understand the complexities. It's a great, it's a great area where one of these, it's one of these where lots of different areas of science do come together because you've got astronomy, which is involved in it. You've got particle physics, which is involved in it. You've got astrophysics and all these different areas of science all work together to form this bigger picture. And I love that. I think that's amazing. And, and, and you can sit and you can like take bite-sized chunks I've got enough confidence in the scientific method and into the people who've done the years and years of research to to trust that what they're saying is is correct and understand it to the best of my ability. Uh, Why you trust them when they're covering up the flat Earth conspiracy? Well, (laughs) there you have it. (laughs) And and the the thing is, I mean, we we had my good friend on the show before, Kyle Brewer, talking about astronomy, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, he he understands these things far more than I do. And uh, you know, even even in that show, he he was talking about when he was talking about multiverses, he introduced me to a new idea that I had no idea of before. 
And that is uh, the idea of multiverses not being like, because I always thought of multiverses in the kind of sci-fi way, as in we've like got separate our bubbles with like and, a, yeah, and, yeah, and there's sort know, of like this, this um, like distinguishing line between them. Yeah, and 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 uh, the the concept they introduced was that it's it's just the fact that this so far beyond what we don't understand that this is like one concept of a multiverse that it, it's the same thing. It's just kind of beyond our scope of identifying it or understanding it or investigating it. And that's what I love about it. That That's where skepticism really, really jumps in for me and the ability to genuinely and honestly say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by it, but I don't know. And I love that. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying about the, the multiverse concept and how it can be interpreted in so many different ways. Um, I, I saw on Facebook the other day, somebody, and it was a religious individual, posted a picture of, um, like, if you were to zoom out on our universe, this is what it would look like. And it looks just like a human eye, right? And and um, <laughs> and it was, like, thickest, you know, like, the, the thicker um, galaxies and stars are on the outside. And it, I mean, it, it looked shockingly like a human eye. And so I was like, my response was, well, sure, from our perspective, and, and when you say the whole universe, you mean our whole known universe, not our whole universe universe, because we don't know what's beyond our own perceptions. Like, there's not this hard, just because this is as far as we can see, doesn't mean there's like suddenly nothing beyond that, just because our equipment can't see beyond that. We're going to find, as our equipment gets better and better, and as we explore more and more, we're going to find that there's more out there, right, than what we first Without saw. But... Uh, no, we know it all. Is that what you're saying, Gil? No, I said without a doubt. Like, oh, without a doubt. I thought you said no, he won't. But very uncharacteristic. But it was like it was it was an important distinction to make that, like, well, sure, from our perspective, if you were to zoom out with the data that we have, it would appear to be an eye. But and I and I put in there kind of like when you look at a cloud and you see a dragon from one perspective, but then you go and look at that cloud from another angle, and it looks nothing like a dragon. That's exactly what I was thinking. Anyone would come to because it looks like an eye. Oh, it was the the post was full of like that's a proof of God's beauty and grace and intelligence and blah 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 blah. And my response was no, that's a that's proof of what we can see from our perspective when we're looking out at something that we're inside of, right? What one thing that you said earlier, Laura, really kind of struck with me when you were talking about. you know, not necessarily being from a religious perspective, but still kind of uh, imbibing properties on the universe. And I've, I've got a really good friend who sh- she's not religious at all. She's not you know, interested in philosophy. She's not interested in science, really. And we've had conversations and uh, about the universe where we've, we've talked about the universe. And she's like quite innocently and, you know, very reasonably from kind of her perspective said, well, what's outside of it? And the, 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 the kind of trying to communicate, and this is what I mean. I'm not an expert and I don't really understand it, but trying to communicate that there is nothing outside of it that we know of is like to somebody who, well, how can there be nothing? Because Mm -hmm. there's got to be something. It's, it's such a, (laughs) it's like, it's so hard to try and, put into words what you mean by it is everything and have someone understand it. Yeah. yeah it's mind boggling. Well, that's why I say like there, there can't possibly be such a thing as a supernatural 
world because as soon as we discover a property that we didn't know existed, it becomes natural, right? So as soon as we have a tool to measure it or we have a way of observing it or explaining it, it becomes part of the natural world. There's just things that are beyond our current understanding. So I think that the term supernatural, just as one example, is completely nonsensical. And and it, it's it's almost silly to say, oh, I believe in supernatural. Or I don't believe in supernatural. Because what does that mean? Like something beyond reality is by def, it, it, it defines itself as being non-existent, like by definition. Right. Yeah, there's, there was a, a great show. I think it was, I don't know if it was on the BBC. And it was a, a physics program by, uh, I forgot his name. Is it, uh, Richard may be able to help me out. It's kind of the, the, bald, the, no, the bald Asian guy who does all the stuff when Brian Cox isn't available. Brian Cox gets all the gigs. And it's, it, it's really good. It's, 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 fant- it's a fantastic communicator. And he he was he did a a, a series about nothing, and kind of the search for nothing, and uh, that was that was really really Al, I won't say Al Ghazali, but I want, I might have confused him with the kind of guy who came up with the Kalam. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, it's a great series. If you get a chance to watch it, I'll, I'll, if I find out, I'll put the link in the description. You know, in in the discussion group, but yeah, it's a it was yeah, a great yeah. series, and and that whole thing about nothing and the kind of scientific search for nothing, and which has helped fuel kind of the understanding of cosmology in itself. Jim Alcalila, that that sounds right. Okay, <laughs> so you we'll just look that up, girl. We'll definitely have to put a link huh? to him because he sounds interesting. But I mean, yeah, we're kind of getting a little bit off Big Bang and just talking about cosmology in general, but it, it kind of, it, it's really on point in the sense that um, a lot of these concepts are very difficult to grasp. And so when you talk about the Big Bang and what do we actually know about it and what don't we know about it, and what's true and what's not true, there's so much to it. Like um, the the whole adage that like, oh, well, you atheists, you just believe that something came from nothing, right? And then people will shoot back like, well, you do know a physicist's definition of nothing isn't the same nothing that you think is nothing. And it's like, oh, pa, hold the phone, people. Like, just stop for a second, right? It's very difficult. I've been in more of those conversations <laughs> than I care to you're remember. You're pretty much verbatim, huh? <laughs> it's difficult because it's, it's kind of like the same thing as describing a theory. Like, if you have a, a theory about something that happened, you have an idea, right? But if you have a scientific theory, that's something completely different. That's something that it's beyond a shadow of a doubt where there there's so much evidence backing it up that we don't see any, any way that it's not true, right? We can't 100% prove that anything is true, but we can prove beyond a reasonable doubt, like that there's just no, no other explanation that fits currently, right? So a theory is like the highest level of scientific um, understanding. But if I if the I, difference isn't it between like proof and a mathematical proof of something like exactly. you know is these these common words that then just get banded around and misunderstood and um yeah it comes back to that whole idea of science communication like you were talking about um yeah it it's funny isn't it how this is one of those topics which is really actively a controversy with lots of people nowadays in 2021 um you know there are lots of things that we've talked about which are fringe ideas or which are like small groups of people but you know this is one of those which is 
like one of the up there things that people have issues with and people are actively trying to battle against the idea of. Um, so this isn't something which is, yeah, just some science thing that doesn't really... But interestingly, there's there's a lot of people within science who are kind of like trying to understand it in a different way as well. Mm. Not necessarily battling against it, but uh, as a concept, but like have different models and are trying to like evidence those different models mm. and kind of move away from the Big Bang. Kind of like the the article Laura said she read the other day, because I've seen articles recently coming out, like, popping up, and I've not read them. They just pop up on, like, newsfeed or on yeah. whatever search engine you're using, the, the kind of headline-grabbing stuff that, that says, you know, Big Bang Theory dead and things like that, and kind of misleading shit like that. <laughs> well, then you get, like, a huge mix-up, right? Because, like, the one, the one that I read, for example, was very scientific, and it was very much, like, well, our understanding of the Big Bang is just too limited, right? Like we don't know what happened beforehand and we're now finding evidence that perhaps it's a bigger cycle and that it wasn't the beginning, the beginning, it was just the beginning of our current universe, right? There's all these theories out there. Um, it's like what you said earlier, the, well, what happened before the big bang, right? And a lot of people's current understanding is, well, nothing like time began at the moment of the big bang. Which is, I mean, that to me is like, again, I mean, this is me from kind of the, religious background mm-hmm. looking at the religious backgrounds being the only one of us who isn't religious and had a religious background but from kind of the interactions I've had with people yeah. is immediately when you said that what jumped to me literally jumped into my mind was oh good now the Christians are going to be put aside and the Muslims are going to be put aside with the nonsense about that well the universe came from nothing that proves God etc etc to all the Hindus jumping on the bandwagon now saying, oh, cyclic universe. Look, it's cyclical, yeah. (laughs) Death and rebirth and all that stuff. Well, and I think that, you know, like, if if you see religion as once having been our best attempts at science, right, and if you see it with a little bit more grace than what we tend to give it, right, um, you'll start to see that, like, yeah, people have these models and these ideas, and then they have our, our current explanations, and they're trying to make it all sort of fit and make sense. So yeah, I think we're going to always battle with that. Like no matter what the scientific theory is and what the religion is, you're always going to have something where it's like, see, see, that explains my perspective perfectly. But then when you start to get into the nuances, no, it doesn't like not even a little bit, but, um, but if you look at the really surface level of your religion and the very surface level of this scientific theory, then sure. Yeah. There's some, some similarities. Right. And I, I have a feeling that like, no matter what our current understanding is, I don't think we're going to get away from that as long as there is religious thinking. No, I've, I've had more conversations than I care to remember with Muslims who kind of said the Quran predicted the Big Bang because it says the, the universe was expanded outwards. And, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting to see the verse in the Quran that gives us a detailed explanation and model of the Big Bang to, to evidence that. You see, from my perspective as a Christian, I was, you know, I could see nothing more logical and sensible than the idea of the Big Bang. And when you ask Mm -hmm. someone, well, how did the Big Bang happen? And nobody knows. Like a very, very easy place to just slot a God in there. Um, Out of the gaps right there. Yeah, the stuff that's described in Genesis in terms of all the, God said this on day one and then arrested and whatever. 
doesn't make sense according to the character of God who doesn't need to rest and is all powerful and stuff. And it just made complete sense that the progression of the universe expanding and growing and developing as it did, as described in Big Bang Cosmology, was just the process through which God did all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was nothing more sensible and logical in in my mind. Yeah, um, I've had a, I've had a long term, like long time interlocutor, like for a couple of years, two three years, who were uh, who, who touched on that perfectly when he said that gen- the whole Genesis account was allegory because mm-hmm. it could be easily proven wrong. But the part at the beginning where God spoke and brought everything into existence, that wasn't allegory. That was factual. Yeah. And, and it's so easy to slip your own personal understanding into these things. There's um, a, a, a sort of a perspective that we've not really talked about, because I've, I've talked to my good lady wife um, about this sort of thing in passing, and she's not really into all this nonsense that we like to talk about. Um, she's very sensible in that, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know like, her perspective on this is like, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't affect a day-to-day life. And so like none of this actually matters. Who even cares? Because, you know, we still need to go shopping on a Saturday and we still need to, mm-hmm. you know, get the bus to town to do this and that. Or, you know, it, and it's it's one of those things which is just ideas for the sake of ideas. And that's sort of a perspective which is, you know, very different from ours because we kind of, I don't know, care about those big ideas and we see awe and wonder in them. Um, but it's easy to forget that, you know, some people just really don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, um, I think that there's a little bit of, of wisdom there where it's like, at the end of the day, no matter how the Big Bang happened or what the truth of it is, you're right. Like, we're here now and there's things that matter in the here and the now. And so while I applaud um, scientists for looking into it and for continuing to, to work through these issues, and I would never say we should stop, I also agree with you, like the average everyday person, like it, this is where I, when I said my skepticism kicks in, where I am so comfortable saying, I don't know. And to, to Gil's wife's point, like, I don't care. I want to read about it. I want to know about it. Tell me your thoughts. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to go and create a dogmatic like worldview based around just the big bang itself, because you're right. At the end of the day, um, if anything, it just describes how we got here. But there's I'm still going to get out of bed in the morning. Have a shower, <laughs> yeah, I got bills to pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jill, what are your closing thoughts on this? I just want to keep un- until the day I die. I hope that I keep looking up at the sky and just saying, "Wow!" Yeah. And I'm just in awe, and I hope that never goes away. If I'd, I'd rather keep that and not have a, a, an intricate understanding of the mechanisms behind it because that is amazing to me i love that that's beautiful and fantastic and a great note to end on so um jill do you have any other closing thoughts before we call it i don't know who jill is Laura. Gil, gil deliver you guys are you guys need to change one of you need to change your name <laughs> i'm gonna start calling you thing one and thing two <laughs> But I'll even mix um, that up, so. <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. Um, no, I mean, I, I think I, I want to echo Jilliver's words in terms of, uh, you know, I talked earlier about how lots of people can perceive the Big Bang idea of everything to be soulless and heartless and what have you. But actually, for me, it just inspires so much more awe and wonder um, in the universe than any human-made story about everything could 
um, what's actually out there and how it all happened is just far more fantastic to imagine and think about. Blows my mind every time I try to. And um, yeah, long may we continue finding stuff out about it. Fantastic. This this was a good topic um, to get into. And I think we just barely scratched the surface, but it is time to call it. So thank you guys for joining me. Thank you listeners for listening. And let's take this conversation over to Facebook. Um, I know if you guys haven't liked and subscribed, like and subscribe, share us, get get us, help get us out there and, and get our voices heard a little bit and keep the discussion going. Um, but definitely um, hit us up on Facebook what your thoughts are because there's a lot of places we can go with this conversation. In the meantime, I am Laura. Richard. And Richard. And this has been Skeptic Hangout. Until next time. Keep questioning. Interrogate your beliefs. And stay skeptical. Bye all. Yeah.